from my notes. You don't need to apologize, Miss Waller. I found it frightfully difficult myself until I got the hang of it. Thank you, Juliet. Open your textbook to page 17. Sometimes I wish I could be a teacher in 1950s New Zealand and like just like get sassy with kids like that. But um, what would happen if you did that today, Chris? Um, class? <laughs> uh, I'd probably um, get uh, probably get my face slapped and, you know, some cusses. And uh, I feel like the only time I talked back to a student in my short lived <laughs> career is when I got physically attacked by a football player. <gasps> That's right. I forgot about that. Heavenly Creatures, nineteen ninety four. We have some some guests with us today. Yes. Welcome to Film uh, Trace. Returning guests, which are my favorite type of guests. There are too many movies podcasts. We have Chris, Josh, and Alex. Introduce yourselves. Tell us what you're up to. Tell us what's going on. What's up? I'm Chris, the editor Collins, and I do all the work on There Are Too Many Movies. <laughs> it's arguable. I'm Josh, the Josh Rodriguez, and I went to film school university. I play linebacker <laughs> for the podcast. And I'm Alex, America's sweetheart, Wilson. Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and I do have an ad read real quick, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah please. do it. Mm. Do it. We love it. Are you still jerking off alone? If you're looking for the best <laughs> jerkmate ads, then you're in the right place. <laughs> All right. Don't, don't edit that out. Oh, we're going to do the no. real ad now. Ready? Okay. Right. We don't Patreon. edit anything out. No, yeah. Editing. I don't have time to edit. Okay. <laughs> Great. Well, patreon.com slash there are too many movies. And uh, five bucks a month will get you feet picks, back shots. Oh yeah, um, they're they're all legal under Patreon guidelines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. above age. Yeah, it, it's terms of service friendly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, and bonus episodes to our movie yeah. review comedy yeah. podcast. Yeah. So, anyways, what, what, were, what were you guys saying? <laughs> on your own well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome back first of yes, all yes, you guys right. did American Werewolf in London with us a while ago and that was a f- really fun episode so we're having it's you back to talk about years. It, yeah. it's so glad yeah. to, to <laughs> talk to you guys I know right yeah uh, we're having you back to talk uh, Stranger Than Fiction is our uh, theme our cycle this season on Film Trace and we decided to do Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas uh, and heavenly creatures. Um, and so, yeah, we thought you guys would be great to sort of discuss these, especially if you're in Loving, pretty crazy movie, right? Uh, so we'd love to hear your thoughts and, uh, all your, um, you know, opinions on Hunter S and, uh, Johnny Depp, the whole crew. Oh God, here we go. Um, before we- yeah, before we get into it, let's 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 lay down the the law, so to speak. We have to talk about the truth of where these. Or it's usually a kernel of truth uh, where these movies came from. Um, before a dab we, of truth, yeah, a very a sprinkling of truth. Yeah, um, I mean, before, I mean, even if it's only five percent true, why aren't they in jail? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like I was, as I was watching this, I was like, this probably isn't all true, but. Even if one percent is real, yeah. Apparently, the whole thing a, is true, Chris. A I single mean, scene. Also, I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all. I mean, it's all technically true in the Gonzo uh, sense of being true, right? right? In in the oh, lies. <laughs> what was that? Uh, what was that book? A million little pieces, James Frey. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. book of yeah. lies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, what did you? Okay, so the 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 truth. Is that Hunter S. Thompson uh, was a gonzo journalist, just like an, a madman in the uh, late 60s, early 70s. And he wrote a book about his experiences going to Las Vegas, uh, bonked out of his mind on several drugs and alcohols. And uh, then that book became uh, kind of a cult classic. And it had been. Uh, kind of going around Hollywood for a while. There was a Bill Murray, Hunter S. Thompson movie uh, in the 80s that that flopped. Um, And then it finally got picked up by uh, Johnny Depp and Terry Gilliam, director of 12 Monkeys, original Monty Python guy, uh, and so much more. And now here we are looking at this film in 2023, uh, both Johnny Depp and Terry Gilliam are on Hollywood's naughty list now. Oh, Terry is? I didn't know that. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, I, okay. totally, I, I, I blinked out. What did he do? I actually don't um, know. He beat the okay. shit of 100 people at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that's the good stuff that he did. Um, 
the uh the the Sarah Polly book that came out in advance of her directing um uh women talking uh, yeah. revealed that during her time on set uh for the movie Adventures of Baron Munchausen. She yeah. was a child actor and she was horrifically mistreated. Oh, you know, yeah. Or, or, I did abused. No, I, I didn't know that he was a director, though. Terry Gilliam was kind of known for just being awful on set to actors. And in particular, it seemed like he just straight up traumatized um, uh, young Sarah Polly. So well, as we always say in too many movies, if you want to make an omelet, you got to break some eggs. That's right. Yeah. You yeah. admire it. That's essentially his viewpoint. You know, it's, <laughs> um, genius comes with a cost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what do we, uh, how do you want to even start on this movie? Cause oh. it's a weird one. Did you guys see this when it came out? Is a big question. We were, I saw it years and years later. You guys are a little, probably younger than us, so you probably wouldn't have been like teenagers when this came out, or you guys. Whole no, I was definitely thing. a child, and I saw it with okay. my mom and my big brother, who yeah. wow. my mom essentially walked out. Uh, she's not, <laughs> she's not from the U.S., so I don't think she just like was really keeping up with what the story was. It's hard to keep up with the story. It's pure nonsense for the most part, and it's, especially yeah. English yeah. is your second language. She was just like checked the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. no, no, thank you. So yeah. I watched this definitely too young with my brother. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I just, I liked Johnny Depp, yeah, I guess, yeah. at the time. I was like, oh, he's funny. He's essentially a cartoon character in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's so totally. animated and like endearing. Is this one of his best roles? I would, I would say it is. I mean, not only, uh, the, the Riz, like the LSD infused Riz that he has, <laughs> yes. but also just, um, the impersonation is That's really ketamine, good, actually. Yeah. Oh my bad. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's LSD, ketamine, fucking all I the mean, cool all guy shit. Cool guy stuff. Cool guy <laughs> stuff. Yeah. 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 Mescaline, yeah. All the good stuff. Yeah. Mescaline, ether, ether, alcohol, yeah. cocaine, we weed. Made up stuff too. Like they're like making up drugs as well. Um, that's, I, I mean, thought that's the, for a second that was the case. Would do you know which ones are made up? Yeah, it's the Andrano, the one of the oh ends, yeah, where it's like the actual adrenochrome. Like, adrenochrome. Yeah, we made that like up, and like uh, Terry did, I think. And oh. uh, some kid or something came up to him and was like, "Oh man, that's exactly what it's like." He's like, "Dude, I made this up." Like it's but uh i mean i think chris what about you because we're kind of the same age i was like 16 when this came out and so uh, i was 15 and i i I didn't see it till college though okay i i believe i also had an irresponsible older brother um (laughs) that uh uh we rented it for blockbuster i believe and it was one of those things where it's like i want i was definitely like titillated by like the 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 you know, a taboo aspect of it, sure. but, but it was also totally like, you know, I was 15. So I wanted a movie that told the story and kept me engaged. And so like, I, I have a very not so fond memory of just being like, okay. And then kind of like mentally checking out, maybe falling asleep during it. And then, like you said, college, and that's one of those movies in the early 2000s where it's like, you got to watch Fear and Loathing. You oh, got to watch Me- Memento. You got to like, yeah, yeah, Rec Room for a Dream. All yeah, exactly. Awesome yeah. All the new Literally Me for Real drug movies, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, it, but it never, it never, it never resonated with me. And I know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a big drug guy but what what why why did you pick this movie Let's be real, this fellas. is your fault. i think we all know what we're talking about come on <laughs> we've all done a dream of chrome we all know <laughs> oh why did i pick this yeah. oh hunter thompson's like my favorite author favorite son author. of a bitch yeah okay. i love hunter thompson always have um yeah i don't know it's uh i here's the thing uh i've read this book a lot uh, but I've read his other stuff way more, like Fear and Loathing in the Campaign Trail, nineteen seventy-two. I probably like I'm always reading it. Uh, so I wanted to revisit this because he's like the whole point of this cycle is like Stranger Than Fiction, movies that are trying to tell the truth, and like this one's perfect because you don't know if he's ever telling the truth about anything, and this is mm-hmm. his, his entire career is built on that line between <laughs> is he embellishing is he not and if he is embellishing sometimes he's even more true when he's embellishing he's like literally the definition of stranger than than fiction right mm-hmm. so i don't know revisiting it, it's been fascinating 
uh, I'm really interested in uh, your guys' take. Too many movies, guys. Uh, how is the rewatch on this? How well, is it seeing uh, it as as older adult men? Well, as so, I first saw it in high school, um, like back you know when you start to discover all the cool guy movies, like we were sure. saying, Requiem, Fight Club, Pulp Fiction, Fight Club. Uh, this movie is just the edgy side of cinema. You're like, all right, going down a rabbit hole, and then. Um, I had some experiences through college that made this, uh, um, rewatch it uh, interesting. Yeah, you pulled a gun on a woman in a hotel lobby. <laughs> <laughs> well, Who hasn't though? I mean, right. Yeah. It's it was it was almost like a little triggering watching this movie. Um, really. A little bit, a little bit, because yeah. I've been typical had a, woke Chris moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I've. Yeah, I don't know. Should we get into my uh, knife fight I got in on LSD, or should we not? Oh yeah, sure. that's a fun no, no, story. Not, no, you know yeah. we won't get into it. But, but um, uh, that's for the I Patreon. Gotta, yeah, yeah, that story's for the Patreon. Um, but uh, he was naked also. But we won't get into it. We're not going to get into it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but he was naked before you guys dropped ass. <laughs> <laughs> Tried to jump off my third story balcony, but we won't get into it. We won't get into it. Right. Um, what happened after that? Um, but anyways, uh, it made this rewatch interesting for me because it was all, like my heart rate was just a little higher than normal the entire yeah. time no, like totally. watching this guy like you're 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 the like his gonzo journalism you're a casual observer almost from the outside this like fourth dimension you're not even like you're not at the race you're not at the hotel room you're like oh, yeah. almost observing it from this weird like plane of existence where he has to also wrestle this real life demon but also the internal demons of hallucinogens so it's just this weird ballet that Hunter S. Thompson is constantly doing. Um, so that was one a ballet I've been a part of, but we won't get into it. Right. But we won't get into <laughs> it. Of course. Yeah. Um, so did I you enjoy it though? Trauma dumping. <laughs> did you did you enjoy it, you know, yes. or is it sort of just like a an uncomfortable watch? Yeah, I did enjoy it. It was uncomfortable, but it was uh it had a it, it had a new meaning, this rewatch. Sure. Uh, uh, we won't get but, into it. Right. No, we won't. <laughs> Um, yeah, I would say that like, it's weird. Uh, I think when I first watched this in college, I was like, oh, wow. Like, obviously the visuals are insane and they're extremely interesting, right? Like, it's not like you're going to see a movie, anything like this, uh, out there. It's pretty much experimental on some level. Um, but the thing that sticks out to me kind of on the rewatch is someone who read a lot of Hunter S. Thompson and still does. Is it kind of, I don't know, to me, you could say, yeah, it's very chaotic. Um, there's not really a story. Uh, all that's kind of the point to some degree. Um, but I, I, I felt a little like it was missing something that you have in Hunter's writing. Are you guys, anybody else read Hunter S. Thompson? I'm the only one here. I, I read the campaign one. I've never read anything besides that. And that was, I believe, something I only read because I was assigned it in college as an English yeah. major. What about you guys? Too many movie guys. You guys are reader of Hunter Thompson. So I actually, up until uh, pretty recently until my career, essentially, I thought this is what writers were like. All, <laughs> all writers were just like this and just yeah. quirky and weird. And my only two references for Hunter S Thompson were this movie and yeah. an interview he did on Late Night with Conan O'Brien. And I was oh, like, classic. Oh, yeah. This is the so weirdest classic. human being yeah. ever, but he's like an American original. Like, there is no yeah. other person like him in the world. Granted, I've never read any of his work, but I did read his suicide note, which Chris, t like, whenever uh, I was in film class with Chris, whenever we, like, essentially first met, one of the yeah. first things that he showed me was his suicide note, which was called. Uh, football season is over. And I was like, yes. oh my God, this guy rules. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, well, absolutely. he wrote about sport. He started as a sports writer too, which is hilarious sure. to picture him going to yeah. football games, just like tripping balls. Being well, like, he's here covering, you know, a, a dirt bike race essentially, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's yeah. always like, he's just like, I had witnessed the start of the race or what it seemed to be. And then yeah. he's just like, like, can you, know, you get to it, man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's, he gets all existential with it, but, uh, but yeah, but then I didn't I also show you his um there was like this excerpt. It was like a day with Hunter S. Thompson. Oh yeah, where it goes through like his, it's sort of like Winston Churchill's day where it's like, <laughs> oh, it's yeah. like the, when he drinks like, and smokes and everything. 11. Like, yeah. yeah. Pornography it's, constantly playing. It's like eleven AM cocaine. 
uh, 12, you know, yeah. it's just like all the drugs throughout the day. And then he sleeps for like four hours and then just repeats. Like redoes it again. Uh, yeah. it's, it's very surprising based on like, he, he went through a lot of phases in his life. And I think by the time he got past, this is, this book came out in 71. It was the second book really. And, you know, by the time he hits the eighties and nineties, that, that routine you're talking about is like, that's it. And that's what he's doing. But he wasn't he wasn't necessarily doing that back in like the 60s, the 50s, 60s and 70s. It's like there's a weird thing about Hunter S. Thompson where and this is one of the reasons why I, I never like sought out his literature uh, originally, because it's like I'm not really that type of person, you know, like it wasn't my thing. Um, but there's a weird sense that like Hunter became a caricature of himself. So it's mm-hmm. like when you see stuff like the the Conan O'Brien interview or segments, it's hilarious. But you watch that and you're just like, well, this guy is, he kind of seems like a clown. Um, and he's he funny out, and he's interesting. Outgone the gonzo. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And like he's obviously playing this part. But what's crazy about his earlier work, and especially like even something like this or, um, uh, what the Kentucky Derby one, if you guys ever have heard about that or read that um, essay that he did, there's like a lot there that's not about, you know, just doing drugs or like having sort of um, different experiences on acid or whatever. Like he there's something really there's like a morality to what he's talking about. And you get that here in the movie a little bit. But I don't know. It's like, do you it's, if, as people who don't know his writing all that well? This is throwing this out to everybody. Do you think that like there's any sort of message to this film or any sort of insight <laughs> that it's trying to get across? I mean, do you guys feel that when you're watching it? Especially I mean, now? honestly, not that I picked up. It just seems yeah. like a sort of crazy time movie. And that's sort of it seems to me like that's what the director wanted to get across is just yeah. the insane feeling of being on all those drugs for like an indeterminate amount of time. And not yeah. to be pretentious, but I did watch this on the Criterion version that I have. <laughs> and I feel like this is a bit, it's, it's a narrative on the freedom that we have in America. Wow. Well, yeah, there you know, go. Like, yeah. honestly, no, I just thought it was hilarious <laughs> and awesome. And, I mean, I definitely think there's, there's a lot deeper there, but I'm not as smart as Hunter S. Thompson. So I can't <laughs> necessarily, you know, piece it all together. It's, it's, it's just a great, well, it's movie. not like it's like that. I mean, the book you kind of have to, you do have to piece it together a little bit, but like, yeah, I don't know, Chris, what do you think? Did you get anything out of it? More no, than I, sort of a, a, a visual experiment. I mean, obviously the acting's insane and amazing by Johnny Depp and Bisa. I mean, unbelievable acting. But was there anything else there besides the visuals or just the gonzo nature of the film? You know, I uh, I know that I'm in the minority here, but I I can't really understand. And this is coming from somebody who really like digs david lynch and maya darren and lots of other experimental filmmaking but it feels so it felt so flat to me both uh originally and in the rewatch that i don't see a re i i don't i don't understand i don't well, i don't get it what is, what, <laughs> what, what is the i don't understand what's entertaining much less meaningful about this i think that the his use of language thompson in the, the voiceovers yeah. and and narration are probably the most interesting thing about it just because yeah he was he's he's a gifted wordsmith but uh i don't i and i also i feel like i have to push back i think johnny depp's performance is one note as hell oh i, I like this i like intention johnny depp performance <laughs> he's i mean it's it, those mannerisms and like the wobbly nature that's just jack sparrow right like he's just doing well, the same but i think you gotta realize that like that's how he got jack sparrow is by basically miming hunter s thompson right so he lived it, with hunter s thompson for like three months to like pick up all yeah. of those mannerisms yeah as well. yes yeah, I'm such close friends with him he honored his death which wish of hunter s thompson by shooting his ashes out of a cannon as he spent well. three million dollars doing that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's a long like, game. Yeah. And there's right. a hilarious. I don't know. Dev tells a story about meeting him, and uh, I forget where. Some interview, and he's at some bar, and uh, he's sitting in the back, whatever. And then somebody like barges through the front door with a cattle prod in one hand and a stun gun in the other, like 
like warning everybody, if you get in my way, I'm going to kill you. And that's his first moment meeting Hunter S. Thompson. And he thought like, oh yeah, this guy's pretty cool. This guy's <laughs> a good time. Yeah. This guy's like, this guy's going to be my, one of my best friends for my life. Just a uh, normal man. Just a normal, innocent just man. An innocent fella. <laughs> it's, I, but I think the, the Johnny Depp, um, uh, acting here is, I don't know. I mean, Chris, I get where you're coming from where it seems pretty one note, but at the same time, that's not that easy to pull off, like staying in that sort of mode. You know what I mean? Like there's, I, there are layers there that are going so, on. It's not just, so convince me, what are the layers besides I'm very much on drugs? He's so high. That's the first thing. <laughs> yeah. Layer one. There's Layer paranoia. Two. There's fear. <laughs> and that, like I said, that was the interesting stuff. All the, you know, and that's, I think, where Hunter S. Thompson, as like a cultural figure, is fascinating because of the time period and Vietnam and, uh, you know, trauma. Um, but that's never actually like explored outside of the bits and pieces taken from the original text. Right. I thought there yeah. was some PTSD and war stuff foreshadowed a little bit when with uh, t- it, it being on the TV and his little flashbacks that he would have. Uh, oh, yeah. But um, if you didn't yeah, like it's... Johnny Depp, what about Benicio del Toro? Because I'm oh yeah, I'm he's one hundred percent convinced he was on drugs this whole yeah production because yeah. he's either that good or he's that method. Yeah. And, he he has a great quote because uh, um, I mean he did Usual Suspects and then Fear and Loathing and then he actually had a pretty awful dry period, um, but it was simply because like people thought that that was like his actual self, right? It was this kind of like muttering and out of it space case um, kind of guy, uh, and he, you know he did the this was like a thing, right? And I think '98 was also Copland when Sylvester Sloan gained a bunch of weight. And oh, yeah. Del Toro did it again for this, and so like, it's he, it's it's unfortunate that he was he, he as he says in um, a press junket um, later in the two thousands that he was unemployable basically because of how he had uh, um, typecast gotten typecast uh, in the mid nineties with movies like this. But he is he's he's that that is a role where like I saw layers and like that that was another thing. Like it's kind of weird seeing it in 2023 and the, the, the race stuff playing into it, like um, being referred to as the Samoan lawyer. Um, But everything, every time he brings up like, as your lawyer, I advise you, I did chuckle. I will, I will admit that's, that's, that's a good gag. And he sells it really well. Even Terry was like, there's some, where's the quote? I heard is uh, Terry's like, Johnny knew exactly what he was doing, but Benicio was almost completely out of control which made us all angry. The continuity girl was shouting, what the fuck is he doing? The sound (laughs) guy was complaining that he wasn't speaking loud enough. So Benicio wasn't the most popular guy on set. But then he goes, however, when it came all together, he was stunning, which I think is like, yeah, I kind of can see it both ways. Like it's a very fascinating performance, but it really lends itself to this sort of, you can't decipher anything that's going on. No, Even as someone who loves the book, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck is happening here. Like, this is, you know, it's yeah. just very tough. And it's just vignettes sort of weaved together. Because right, you guys I mean, could you guys keep track of anything, like the basic narrative that was happening. Well, as someone that's done LSD, but we won't get into it. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, he tried to drown himself in my toilet, but we won't get into it. Um, basically, it's all... it there's a monologue towards the end where he talks about the culture and the seventies and the, the crashing wave. You can see yeah, that's the, the wave famous broke. line. Yeah. The famous monologue. I th- feel like that's what the whole thing is about. They were chasing the American dream, chasing this nerve, chasing something that was bigger than themselves. Something you feel like there is like some sort of higher purpose when you're on hallucinogens. You feel like there's yeah. like, it's like having deja vu for eight hours. You're like, Oh, I'm in touch with everything. And then sure, you, yeah. you're in Vegas. You're like, aha, we're we're at the main nerve. Yeah. All the all the lights, all the drugs, all the things. We're chasing something. We're we're on a mission. We have purpose. And then there's the culture aspect of it. There's like the '70s revolution aspect. There's the war tied in with like the hotel rooms and all those little flashbacks. All these political things happening all at once. And then there's just these two, like. Uh, huge forces of nature powering through it like hunter s thompson and uh his law his attorney benicio del toro and it's finally summed up at the end with benicio del toro that little line where 
he gets him to the airport and he's like, and off he was one of humans, original creations, never made for mass production. One of one or whatever he says. Yeah, yeah. That's probably my yeah. favorite. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and <clears throat> yeah. And how they, they can't escape each other either. Like Johnny Depp leaves and then he gets like pulled back into this tornado of Benicio. It's like, it's this frustrating force that like, I, I don't know if you've ever been around humans like that, but they're the most infuriating people. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it, this is like the autobiography of Doug Stanhope. I feel like yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah, is yeah. just like his life, essentially. Uh, obviously, I don't know yeah. Thompson, but like yeah. he's one of those same like American originals that is very much like that. And you can't replicate that. This is a biopic, I think. It's, like, yeah, it's a mix of it's a mix yeah, of the biopic and whatever whatever cultural wave crash is happening in Vegas in this early But 70s. if we're just talking narratively, he's just a really bad reporter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just talk about the race, man? I don't... Yeah, I mean, that's... But that's, like, par for the chorus. Like, he... Yeah. Um, that's, like, his whole shtick at the end of the day. Like, that's yeah, what he's doing. Yeah. He did it for the Kentucky thing. Did he even see the race? Nope. Uh, no. He was just, like, walking around. He, he got in trouble for this eventually. Some big fight, I think. And uh, he, like... It was in the pool when it was happening. Um, yeah, he just doesn't. He doesn't show up. Uh, what's funny too is they paid him. This is originally supposed to be a five hundred word story about the Mint five hundred race. Five hundred words. I gave you ten thousand. Yeah, and he just starts sending stuff over and over. Same with same with Fear and Loathing campaign trail, uh, and same with this Kentucky essay. He just kind of. Um, he is like truly original in the sense that like you obviously can't replicate anything that he's doing. People have tried. Uh, what's crazy about this movie though, is like you say it's a biopic, right? Which is definitely, I think that is 100% true. What's funny is that Hunter showed up on set to like oversee this. So he's involved with this whole production and uh, when he showed up, Terry's like, it was like the worst day ever. <laughs> Because oh, like Hunter was wanted to be the center of attention, he was constantly on drugs. He was not. like interrupting things all the time. He's like, we could not wait to get him the fuck out of here. Um, and it's so just a weird sort of um, if you like you said, if you're hanging around someone like this, they're infuriating. They're you know super annoying and awful. But at the same time, here's a movie sort of glorifying it. On some level, there's a glorification happening. There's not a lot of criticism here. There's a come down at the end, but it's not that much of a come down. It still mm -hmm. sort of continues on. I'm like the freak in the freak kingdom or something, whatever the last line is. Um, that's interesting to me because it's sort of like, is it glorifying the sort of a certain lifestyle or drug use or whatever? I don't know. What do you guys think? You know, I'm I'm yeah. I would have been curious to see uh what Alex Cox would have done with the movie. He was the original director before terry gilliam oh, yeah. came in mm -hmm. um this is the guy that did sit and nancy and repo man and oh, nice. you know he's got a really kind of like fascinating uh career in the 80s and early 90s that kind of shows both like the biopic side sid and nancy as well as just like the freak like bizarre side repo man um yeah. but terry gilliam it feels like his, his whole deal since day one has been just like anarchy, right? Just like trying to like do the most and without, you know, do it like the things th that turn out the best from him tend to be things that have some kind of like centered performance or script behind them. Like um, Brazil? Yeah. Yeah. Like he's, it, that's, that's a fascinating kind of fiasco of a movie that has like some, meat to the bones that isn't like surreal or you know drug induced um the other thing that came up uh looking looking up terry gilliam uh that i meant to say earlier and didn't have a chance to is he also he didn't just get in trouble for the sarah Polly stuff with uh baron munchausen but he was he's one of the guys that kind of along with uh david mamet a mm -hmm. couple of years ago said some pretty terrible things about the me too movement and uh, uh transphobic comments <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. Um, and, and i mean uh, who's the other monty python guy that did that too uh i forget uh, yeah please <laughs> um and i don't there is like something there like you bring up glorification in the film that 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 doesn't that doesn't ever quite sit right because it feels like it's you know, the purpose is bombast, but there is, there is no, 
I don't know. I feel like with Hunter, at least, like in those monologues, there's those glimmers of like trying oh, to get something yeah. out of it. Oh, no. there's a whole I, undercurrent to his writing. But yeah. it's lost in the movie, I think. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interrupt really quickly, though. Chris, are you a fan more so of The Rum Diary or Fear and Loathing? Uh, I also believe I fell asleep watching The Rum Diary. Well, The Rum Diary is tough. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Interestingly enough, The Rum Diary, I thought was a better book, but a worse movie. <clears throat> Yeah, I didn't like the movie version. I thought the book is super fascinating. Yeah. Because uh, he wrote that when he was really young uh, and didn't get published till way later in his life. Um, but yeah, interesting story and stuff and really fascinating writing. But yeah, the movie, also Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, famously, that's where they met. Mm. Um, she's didn't, yeah, didn't cool. come yeah, over really all that well. Yeah. Um, Are they still making, making another paycheck off of it. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, and a glorification yeah this this movie 100% glorifies it i mean it has to right and for, to to go back to the uh the whole like the time he spent with hunter to johnny depp um yeah. it, i mean there's lots of rolling stone did a huge long form piece obviously that's where hunter got his start right or at least that's where like he got yeah, popularized like biggest, yeah publishers yeah right and so they of course when this movie was in production they did a huge depp hunter you know, kind of combo profile piece. And there's like, there's some, I mean, there's lots of like questionable stuff in there about their time spent together, um, both, uh, on, uh, during the production of the film and beforehand. But the one that just like stuck out like a sore thumb since somebody brought up Amber Heard is yeah. it's, uh, uh, Depp talking about Hunter, he says, um, Thompson zeroes in on faults and good points immediately. I was with Kate, Kate Moss, who he was dating at the time of Fear and Loathing. Yeah. And I think Hunter went straight for the romance jugular, shit like whether I beat her enough. I probably told him, yeah, she gets a severe beating. Depp laughs. So, and like, and Christina Ritchie's character in, oh, you know, God. Yeah. I don't know. That, and that's like, I get it. Like they're on drugs. They're out there. They're out of their minds, but also, yeah, there's like, but that's all, I mean, that's all in the book. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Like a reflection of what he was writing about. And that was good or bad. That was just just like a general thing of the time period. Right. Like there was a lot of, yeah. 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 It's, I just, I, I don't know if I can do it in 2023. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I like Hunter Thompson. Uh, the part, I don't like his writing. I, I like him though. (laughs) uh yeah it's like what's crazy about that is like those profiles and stuff like go back to like the conan o'brien thing or like the Mm -hmm. list of drugs that uh hunter was taking on a daily basis it was weird because rolling stone did this uh in-depth thing with johnny depp like i want to say four or five years ago and it was like the saddest thing i've ever read oh yeah that thing's horrible where he's just yeah. like just drinking, constantly drinking red red wine. He's got like all these like you know like yes men around him, mm-hmm. and it's just oh, and it reminds me a lot of Hunter S. Thompson near the end, like past the nineteen eighties, yeah. where he's no longer putting out good writing. He stopped putting out good writing in like the seventies. Like this is you know he didn't really last all that long in terms of like a really interesting like important writer. Um, and then you know he just kind of becomes a caricature of himself and just kind of like a like implodes as a person um but it does make for an entertaining movie at least right <laughs> i mean i think it's fine the, the thing about this movie is like i can't take it seriously as an adaptation of the book because it's not a serious adaptation of the book at yeah. all yeah um, i don't really care that he died. He pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> i am curious because about uh people what, what people thought if there was like any a favorite cameo because i have one oh in particular God, i got several Christmas um, guys got my- Oh yeah. yes, that's what yeah. I was gonna say. Chris Maloney is incredible. That, that one, Gary Busey. He's Gary an Busey's good too. character actor uh, for Absolutely. sure. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, Harold and Kumar is the only other reference that I have. Oh my, oh my god! god. Yeah. 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 He's so underutilized. Yeah. He can really just delve into like different oh, characters, yeah. Yeah. and not be like that same. Is it CSI Law and Order? I don't know. SVU, one of SVU. yeah, Law and yeah. Order. SVU. Yeah, one of those. It doesn't have to yeah. just be that the one with the rapes. Guy. It could be different yeah. things. Yeah, I love it. He's yeah. hardcore in Oz too. Oh yeah, yeah. not Oz. to mention his absolute dump truck ass. Oh yeah, Google oh, it. Yeah. That thing, you that thing goes. Bigger, but it's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's not a big deal. We won't get into it. Gary yeah. Busey died. What other Gary Busey? Yeah, that was that was also kind of you know in that retrospect. Was the kiss line was improv. 
Oh, that's amazing. That's not in the script. It's not in the book or anything like that. Uh, Gary Busey line? shows up. Uh, the, the, he plays the uh, the cop who pulls him over. Yeah, give me a kiss. I'm lonely. Yeah, yeah. You knew it. Oh my god. Yeah, Gary. I fucking. I fucking. As I was watching that, I was like, I feel like that was improv because Johnny Depp does not know how to react to this. Yeah, no, that's no. exactly what happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you when you're an insane person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, really who else we got? Uh, Toby McGuire. Had some Toby McGuire. Excellent cameos. Flea. Of the band, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. The, uh, hot chili, the red hot chili pepper. Well, he's <laughs> worked with the likes of Damien Chazelle, now Terry Gilliam, and and then <clears throat> also the Wild Thornberries. Whoever directed that, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Point Break too, right? Catherine Bigelow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, who else? Who else pops up in this movie? I think I'm missing somebody. You guys think Cameron Diaz? Yeah, oh, yeah, Cameron Diaz shows up. She's mm-hmm. in the yeah. elevator, right? And the actual Debbie Reynolds, who I don't think I knew who that was when I was 15. Oh, but yeah, she, yeah. The lady uh, that did Ellis. <laughs> who else? Uh, Harry Dean Stanton? Yeah. Right? He shows up as like... In like yeah, he fits in perfectly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a... Look, it's a fun one. It's an interesting movie. But uh, in terms of it's trying to replicate... How do you replicate uh, a basically like gonzo essay about life and drug use I, I think you keep it on the page i don't know i don't, I don't know yeah, why it's, 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 so it's many people obsessed with adapting him yeah what was it i don't know i thought this was a successful adaptation of not only like hunter s thompson but a a binge an lsd <laughs> trip hallucinic yeah. hallucinogenic nightmare i feel like it one of the best uh like visual inter- visual representations yeah. of it yeah also one no, of the best totally. representations of lizard people I've ever seen. Agreed, yeah. yeah. And I've seen lizard people before, but we won't get into it. Yeah. We won't get into it. We won't no, no. Definitely not. He was freaking I haven't done LSD. It's freaking me out. But uh, well, I, I have done Salvia, which is basically like that, but a way okay. stupider yeah. version. But we won't get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was in the Animus from Assassin's Creed, but it's not a big deal. <laughs> uh, all right, you guys want to move on to Heavenly Creatures? Yeah. Now that's um, a that's a drug trip, also, right? No. Yeah, no? Yeah. Yeah, sort of. Uh, 1994, Peter Jackson. It's the second Peter Jackson movie we've done. We did uh, Brain, what is it, Brain Dead? A.K.A. Uh, Dead Alive, yeah. A.K.A. Dead Alive, what, for our horror movie cycle, which you guys were a part of. Um, And so, yeah, this is our second one. I had never seen this before. I heard about it constantly. Oh, you guys have never seen it? No, we Um, haven't. And we just want to collectively thank you for... uh, choosing a movie that is one of the most impossibly hard things to watch yeah. on the internet. How the hell did you even hear about this movie? What do you I okay. like a Russian website to watch this uh, thing. Like VK.com, like yeah. Russian Facebook. Josh sent uh, a YouTube tutorial on how to watch this movie. And then guess what? Incredible. That didn't work. So then we had to go to other websites. I personally, I don't know about you guys. Oh, it didn't work for you? No, it didn't. That's really weird because all you have to do is what's in the video. And <laughs> yeah, you didn't it was do exactly. so simple. Uh, was it? Yeah, yeah. You, you didn't figure it out. Trouble. I did. Oh yeah. my gosh. You had issues with it. No, I didn't. I, I, I called you to tell you, like, hey, if you need help, I got you. Well, here's the I, point is I, I, I have problem-solving skills, and I actually managed to do it without contacting any of you guys. Uh, so thank you guys for creating a rift um, in our podcast. Yes, thank you. That's uh, what we do best. I, I, had, I had no issues because what I did is I requested it from my local library oh my god you're so old libraries god damn it yeah, it's free it's free <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, uh, the the library is an underrated movie rental service not as very much it's, is yeah. oh, so you're a fucking dork yeah. i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> little <laughs> little <laughs> little yeah uh, so uh difficult movie to find and watch what did we think of it what you guys uh i like this better than fear and loathing what yeah. the fuck why is that say? sorry fuck off same sorry yeah. so, okay so like peace Feel free to edit this next part out if you need to. But we will not. <laughs> fucking moron. Can, can, I, not can, I real quick, can I real quick? I'm going to do an impression of Chris. Um, please uh, edit this next part out because um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was spot on. That was like really good. Thank you. That was, you. was like Johnny Depp as Hunter S. Thompson. Uh, yeah, please, why do you like Hunter the Creatures more? Why do you like it more? Yeah, why do you like it more? It just Prove had yourself. an actual narrative, and yeah, I just yeah. like it. Here's the thing: I don't dislike Fear and Loathing. I just think yeah. that the best things about it are like the Hunter S. Thompson isms things, and everything sure. else is so not as good as that that I just can't really 
Josh and I would yeah. like to collectively apologize for Alex's take. Um, <laughs> no, I, I appreciate it. I feel not alone, finally. Um, what well, is, you guys so, can go start a new podcast called The Wrong People. It's called, we're called The Good Take King. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we, yeah. we should, let's prep before we get into what made oh, it yeah, sure. a, a so, better movie. Um, the true story, right, is uh, a trial that kind of became infamous in New Zealand and then kind of trickled across the pond and uh, became pretty notable s- simply because it was kind of an iteration. Once again, we talked about this briefly when we discussed the bling ring at the yeah. beginning of this cycle of episodes. Uh, Loeb and Leopold type case of like uh, murder that occurs by some strange individuals that seemingly have no cohesive motive um but the thing that heavenly creatures does that seemingly no other movies that are like it do is that they you know leave the trial out of it completely it's focused on the relationship the friendship that leads to the crime and then you see the crime and that's it uh so what it also actually managed to manages to accomplish is that it's boring as shit (laughs) (laughs) boring as all get out dude Yeah. yeah Should have called it, um, call me by your lame. Am I oh, right? Yeah. There we go. Because it's gay. Because the commentary between that and the other was that they're gay. Yeah. 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 Well, like, blue is the lamest color. Which, if we're thinking about Strange in the Fiction, wasn't actually true. Right. It was, they did, that, not that was home, they did not have a romantic relationship in the traditional sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was created to like, um, which is interesting because Peter Jackson, he talks about making this movie, him and. Um, Who's a screenwriter? Fran Francis. Yeah, he's um, partner at the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they write script. They write this. This is one of the best scripts they ever wrote. They had a good time doing it. They said um, they basically became they like, like, "Hey, this is a cool true story." But what if they made out? Yeah, I mean, that's the <laughs> yeah. thing. What's yeah. interesting about that is that was part of the sensationalism created by the media surrounding right. the murders. Because for like, some reason they like picked that up and thought that like, oh, let's run with this. But like they didn't, I mean, they didn't well, talk, really talk this, to the people. I mean, the seed is that the psychologist that the parents hired um, speculated that that was the case. Yeah, that that that's why they're homosexual and homosexuality was a mental illness back then. That's what they right. thought of it right. as. And so, yeah, he ran. I just found that that's a little bizarre from him. His take. It's like I don't know. I mean, I get it, it's a weird movie where it's like you know Jackson says he became obsessed with it. And he goes, we wanted the audience not just to observe, but to participate, which I think he's successful in. Like when you watch this thing, you're sort of like you are you are pulled into these two young women's world where they are obsessively in love with each other in some sense. Mm-hmm. Maybe in a platonic sense. I don't fucking know. I mean, it's, a, it's like a toxic dependency, right? It's a codependent toxic relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. What, you're, what you're always looking for. It's, it's kind of what, what's there's a modern word for it. Podcast. Yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. That's why I related to them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also but, all make out. Right, right, right. As a bit. <laughs> As a bit. As a bit. We're yeah. like, what if we killed our mom and made out? Yeah. 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 He's off the, off the Patreon. Watch me kill my mom. It's only five bucks a month. Guys, come on. Five bucks a month for murder. Basically free. Uh... I, I don't know. I kind of, you know, Fear and Loathing, it's a very interesting movie. But I, this one, uh, because this came after right after Brain Dead, uh, it has a similar sort of hoary vibe to it. Yeah. It's like over the top. Wait, There's hoary? Hoary. Sorry. Are you saying slutty or like horror based? Uh, horror based. <laughs> horror based. Okay, Maybe a little bad. bit of both, but mostly horror yeah. based. Genuinely curious. Uh, like the style of it, it's like the the close ups. The older characters look like they're monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way he shoots them. Uh, there's the claymation people Oof. that are terrifying. I thought they were terrifying. Yeah. Uh, the thing about this movie is like it's so successful to me in bringing us into that world that it made me super uncomfortable. Yeah. Because I was like, this is fucking toxic as hell. Yeah. This is me- awful. Yeah, me too. Uh, but it's because I'm homophobic. Okay. That would do. How do we? How uh, do we kick somebody off the call? <laughs> <I was> kicked <laughs> collectively. Uh, you can just edit him out. I like this. <laughs> uh, 
but I feel like it's, I think it's successful in like bringing us into that world, at least the world that they, he thought that they created. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Is there something there? Or, uh, Josh, I want to hear think? about why, why somebody thought it was boring. Yeah. yeah, Josh, yeah. Because the Frighteners was sitting right there. <laughs> <laughs> the Frighteners I, rocks. I, I don't it's know. Yeah. Frighteners so good. Jackson joint goes, this was, this is really tough. And I, I don't know if that's just okay, yeah. growing up now with TikTok, where my attention span is nothing sure. is, uh, is essentially, you know, dancing videos uh i don't know i just could not really get into this i mean the performances are great you have sure. to admit that this is a stacked cast um kate winslet is is great um it's just that like it didn't really catch me on really any fronts like i didn't think the story was very compelling and i also think the cinematography was lacking overall like yeah. it didn't feel like a peter jackson joint it was pretty uh, flat. I thought the, cin- the cinematography and the yeah. opening, not so much, but like the yeah, the middle third. Or middle and I have the Frighteners as a reference to like pre Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson. Sure. So I'm expecting mm-hmm. like something really great. And like you guys <laughs> mentioned, Dead Alive too. That poster is iconic. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh, it's, yeah, yeah. And like I was nuts. really really expecting nuts. more and fun and bombastic, and it was just like, oh, this is a really quiet story overall. Yeah. And the, yeah. the the Peter Jackson aspect is they dip their toes into it a little bit with the claymation and some right. of the VFX. The VFX were crazy. Yeah. yeah like that's, that's some of the only stuff where I've been like, yeah, that feels like Peter Jackson. But then the rest was like, I, I tonally, I didn't feel like I was on board because it was like, sure. you, you guys mentioned horror, but I was like, this is kind of a funny movie. Like it was, <laughs> it, like it was no, I can see that. I don't know why. Like it was these, just, the way they shot the characters and stuff, and they, it's like over the top. Yeah, yeah they're over the still top, you know, they would they they you know they got these wide lenses and they dolly in. It's like I think it they're more than friendly. And yeah. it was like kind of it was, <laughs> yeah, it was just a little over that's, the top. Okay, and that's fair. Yeah. The acting wasn't it was a little reefer madness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, a little a little bit of that B movie early Peter yeah. Jackson feel to it. Yeah. So it, no, uh, totally. I mean there's definitely a B movie vibe going on throughout it. I just didn't feel like though like it doesn't feel like a story that is about girls. Like, I don't think it was written with, like, actual girls in mind. It feels like a man writing about... Yeah, they added yeah. lesbian sex scenes, so... Yeah, it, yeah <laughs> to make exactly. it cooler. Yeah. Well, and to, <laughs> to, to add Call to the message... Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kate Winslet recently talked about um, the movie, and she talked specifically about the, the scene where they're running around the woods in their underwear, yeah. and uh, it, it, it seems like... You know, it's it's the it's the nineties and uh there's going to be, you know, some pretty awful stuff that happens on set that would not fly nowadays. And one of the things that she recounts is uh um one of the camera operators um seeing what they were setting up for the day and saying out loud in front of, you know, young Kate Winslet and Melanie Linsky, Well, boys, I guess it's hard dick's day. Yeah. Jesus oh Christ. Yeah. That's documented. <laughs> You yeah, have to oh, say that in, new, in a New Zealand accent, by the way. Yeah. yeah. It's actually, <laughs> it's actually a, a, a film set term. Will jeans. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. Uh, so, a like. Different universe. Different yeah. Time. But I do think, yeah, like. That man became it, James Cameron, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> in 1994. <laughs> uh, and he does the same with the blue people. Um, yeah. what do you, you computer wh- control? He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. The things he probably has on his hard drive. Yeah. Uh, he went to go yeah. see the Titanic in that little vehicle just to say you can't park there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, dumb. Thanks. <laughs> quite dumb, but how do we move on from that? Jesus Christ. I don't know. I mean, we haven't said the e word yet dan because we What's should the get E-word? these guys thoughts exploitation oh yeah um, this is extremely exploitative right and yeah. that's that's where kind of the discomfort lies and that's perhaps partially intentional but like yeah th- these Maybe these girls are defined yeah, yeah <laughs> maybe yeah. actually these girls yeah, i, I uh, wonder why this is so hard to find because it was released by uh it was actually who the hell put this out oh miramax that's why <laughs> miramax yeah clean exploitation yeah so miramax distributed internationally 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting too, cause this one like, uh, brain dead or whatever had a long, like was in New Zealand for a long time, then eventually got out. This one was like concurrent worldwide release. So it was right. like a big, a bigger deal for Peter Jackson, Yeah, bigger budget, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what blows my mind about this story and there's also like weird stuff that he gets wrong. Like at the end of the movie, there's that postscript where it's like, they got both got convicted of murder. Uh, there's no death penalty in New Zealand, so they didn't get the death penalty. Um, but they were only kept in prison for five years because of how young they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it said part of their uh, release condition was they weren't they weren't supposed to see each other again. That's not true. Like the the New Zealand law people are like, yeah, we never said that. They couldn't be <laughs> yeah. in the same prison how would together. They- manage yeah. that my sources i made it the yeah. fuck up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly but he's, I, I, the whole thing is that, like it's also weird too um melanie linsky says they were filming this right on the spot where the murder actually happened in the Victoria right. oh Park. yeah yeah um, many of the locations yeah uh, the real deal the the school, same. all that kind of stuff and right. then she was like but then fran uh and peter got too freaked out Mm, and move the location a little bit further away and it's sort like, of like can we go back in the woods and shoot some more scenes there like yeah no. exactly it's uh yeah it's a it's one of those true crime problems right it's like yep. making something about true crime you're always on some level probably going to be exploiting the victim and we don't and the victim here is sort of like what's interesting too is in reality uh based on like testimony and stuff like that her mother was actually not nearly as nice as she is in the movie right yeah so yeah. she was a lot more harsh i think as a person um yeah. but it's so just how, i don't know yeah when, when did the actual murders happen 54 right? and they made this movie in the 90s yeah yeah, yeah. So window of exploitation, in my opinion well, you yeah, think? I mean, yeah. So, like, I mean, the, the bodies are pretty cold. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. mean, entirely decomposed. It's, it's not a Netflix series where they're like, <laughs> like orchestrating murders. To What's the line though? Dumb. What's the year? Yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Is that is that still right? Yeah, like those... that was a little more complicated. And both of these people are still alive. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I liked it and I enjoyed it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I <would> say, <laughs> it was good. <laughs> it was. That one's a double-edged sword because, you know, like... he killed people with a sword. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, it's just so many of those people are all still alive and relatives are still alive. Whereas, yeah. like, I'm sure that that's the case here, but it was like, that that guy was one of the most prolific serial killers and in the yeah. most disgusting ways yeah, possible. He's one of the greats. Yeah, he's one of the yeah, goats. One of the all-time. As far greats. as they say, yeah. So, uh, but it also had a shout out to The Exorcist Three. So, oh, yeah. true. You know what yeah. I mean? It's got that cool. <laughs> yeah. It also mm-hmm. looked like a ten-hour Fincher movie. So there's that. It's too, pretty so. cool. <laughs> uh, what's weird too is like these. Um, one of the ladies here who's involved in the murder, she like they both got free after five years, right? And then. Uh, one stayed in New Zealand and just sort of uh, stuck around and like she like opened up a I don't know an animal farm or something to hell I don't know something like yeah. that and the other Point one became life. a pretty successful true, author yeah like a crime writer she became a yeah. crime writer yeah well write right what you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god we're back. Um, the, the, the stint in our podcast is over guys we've we've yeah we're fused yeah I get to go out on a high note but we have to play trivia guys before we go yeah trivia let's do okay. it uh, let me run this down for you guys. I got five uh, film descriptions for you, little synopses, and you have to tell me if the film exists or not. These are all stranger than fiction, true stories. Which of these became actual ad- adaptations for cinema? In the 90s, since we're talking 90s movies, starting back in 1991, from the director of Short Circuit 2 comes the dramatization of the court case surrounding a traumatic incident that befell Linda Riss, played here by Dan- Daryl Hannah. In 1959, when her married lover, played by Dennis Leary, hires three men to throw lie in her face, permanently disfiguring her. True or false? Is that a real movie? Yeah, real or fake? Something Dennis Leary would actually do. <laughs> I'm I would say, say no. I'm going to say fake, because I don't want to say. There are too many real? movies, guys. We got some trues. We got some fakes. That one's fake. It's fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah it seems um, like fake. the lie part doesn't seem. But yeah. that, but that actually did happen. It's a real event. Uh, uh, it was a big. It, it was a big court case uh, on the East Coast. Um, if I were to make it, I would. I mean, how do you not call the movie? Some you got to do some kind of pun with lie. Lie to right? my face. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. Thank you very much. Uh, next one. All <laughs> right, Dan, you're zero for one. There are too many movies. You're one for one. Wait, no, I said fake, didn't I? Oh, no, the other way around. Yes. Dan, you're one for one. There are too many movies. Over one. 1993. 
This film, helmed by the man behind Roxanne and Mr. Baseball, an adaptation of a successful stage play, tells the tale of David Hampton, a gay con man and robber who convinced several New Yorkers in the 80s that he was the illegitimate son of Sidney Poitier, preying largely on the wealthy class's white guilt, and he ended up dying of AIDS 10 years after the film's release. I want to say true. True. Sounds very specific, so true. Yeah, super specific. Anybody know what that movie is? It's a quite famous movie, actually. It is true. What is it? Six Degrees of Separation. Oh, okay. With uh, Will Smith as uh, David Hampton. Um, Okay. Uh, One or two for two, Dan. One for two. There are too many movies. 96. A dramedy starring Halle Berry, Eliza Dushku, and Casey Affleck, and co written by the guy who penned Rain Man. This flick tells the story of a group of high schoolers that lie about their ages and manage to take first place with the clandestine help of their shop teacher, played by Jim Belushi, in the Solar Car World Champion Race in Hawaii. God, sounds so stupid. That is too diverse for the 90s. Yeah, I would say false, too. It sounds so dumb. That one's real. It's oh, called, it's called Race the Sun. Uh, it made $2 million, and Austin Chronicle film critic Hollis Chacona referred to it as, quote, hot runnings. <laughs> I love it. Uh, okay, uh, we, we don't have to keep score anymore. Um, 97. Let's finish this up. Uh, I think you're doing better than last time, though, Dan. Yeah, uh, a little bit better. From director Emilio Estevez, that's right, director Emilio Estevez, this bizarre dark comedy centers on the inhabitants of the very real Vernon, Florida, the town that in the 80s had the nation's highest per capita population of amputations and became known as, quote, Nub City. When Josh Terry, played by Dana Carvey, moves in and realizes his new home's reputation, he cautiously goes about his days narrowly avoiding serious injury over and over again. What do you guys think? You guys go first. Uh, it sounds insane. Who would name anything Nub City? I'm going false. <laughs> I'm going false. I want to say true. Wait, can uh, I phone a friend? Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't have the time for that. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's <laughs> um, Technically, it's fake. I, it was kind of a trick question because it was an Errol Morris documentary about uh, a very yeah, real place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean... I, I want to make that movie with Dana Carvey. I Dana think he Carver can still pull would, it off. Would really yeah. shine in that role. I right. Like. Uh, Master of Disguise and everything. 99. Yeah. Last one. Okay. Um, are, you, are you doing you? I think you guessed you guessed fake for that one. Right, Dan? Yeah. No, wait. I said true. I don't remember. Okay. Whatever. Uh, let's. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Guests are the champions. Unless Dan, can you get this one? Yes. 99. A big swing from Frank Marshall, the Hollywood hired hand behind other Stranger Than Fiction 90s staples like Alive and Michael Crichton's Congo. That's real, right? That was a real story? (laughs) This film outlines the escapades of math teacher Ted Slauson, played by Tim Roth, who was investigated by a CBS executive played by a gender-swapped Winona Ryder for his near-perfect performance on the game show The Price is Right, including a 100% accurate showcase showdown estimate. Say true. True. False. That one's fake. That's, uh, that's uh, uh, true story. True story. That's yeah, true story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shout out to math teachers. Um, I, there's so many good titles you can come up with for that one, though, right? Like, yeah. I feel like I'm, uh, not I'm, not a, I'm not a good title guy. <laughs> anyways, thank you guys for playing. Um, it's insane uh, how many. 90s movies that were stranger than fiction that I disqualified for this episode's trivia because they were made for television. But like, if you want some good, like fucked up, so much true story, uh, Movies, yeah. Check out nineties made for TV. The ca- it's because cable was like booming back then, oh, right? Kind of like mm-hmm. what streaming is now, right? Yeah, Content Factory. Hey, there are too many movies, guys. Josh, Alex, Chris, thanks so much for joining us to talk fear and loathing and heavenly creatures. We appreciate it. Do one more shout out. Where can people find you on, uh, you know, the things? Uh, There are too many movies on the internet. Uh, We're on Instagram, TikTok, Spotify, YouTube, patreon.com slash there are too many movies. Um, What are you guys doing next? What's your uh, next episode on? Uh, so next episode is Chris's birthday episode. So we are doing oh, cool. small soldiers. A classic. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Joe Dante. So yeah, for our birthdays, movie. we always do like a ruin your childhood episode and we, <laughs> we watch an episode from our childhood yeah, and see if amazing. it still holds up. It's the, the greatest and, uh, gift. Yeah. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. This one holds up. 
it yeah. does. It's really yeah. well. It's well written. Yeah. I, I think recall. it actually gets better with age. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a great, it's very clever. An incredible film. I want a Small Soldiers too. Like honestly, yeah. why hasn't this franchise? It's so I know. franchisable. Yeah. yeah, yeah right? Oh, Dennis Leary too. Right? Yeah. Dennis yeah. 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 Yep. <laughs> David Cross. Mm-hmm. Jay Moore. Uh, Jay awesome Moore. guys. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, this has been Film Trace. Mm-hmm.